When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm always very cautious about talking uh, college football on on the uh, Running Through the Jungle channel. I'm, a, I'm I'm an oddity here, being a Bengals fan and a Michigan fan. I know that, and I know I'm 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 speaking to Buckeyes Nation out there, but I'm not one of those like I'm not a pain in the butt fan. I'm not arrogant fan like. Um, I love the rivalry. I think it's the best rivalry in sports. I'm glad to see it competitive again, Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, but, man, I, I literally, against Bama, I had butterflies like I was going to play again. Like, it was insane. Like, I felt like I I was back in college playing baseball, getting ready for a, a, a tournament game, and I got those butterflies. It was, it was wild, man. I – Bama was a tough game. I, you know, it, it's a, it, Washington and Texas was an awesome game. I think they did a good job getting the four top guys in there. Man, I'm going to be living and dying on Monday. Tuesday, just so you know, I'm on PTO. I got the day off. Don't call me real early in the morning, but you need to get hold of me on next Tuesday. I'll be available, guys. What was your thoughts on the games? Chase, I'll let you go first because uh, I got my overall thoughts. Got it, man. Shoot. Uh, that Michigan-Alabama game, nothing but a classic, to say the least. Michigan's offense really got alive late in the game. Uh, as much, I know I'm a Buckeye fan and everything, and I you know, get those, try to throw shade stuff. But, man, Michigan, they did their thing. So I got to give them credit where credit is due. But that Washington-Texas game, uh, Washington almost had that choke job. That would have been insane if they would have blew that 13-point lead in the last couple minutes. But I'm going to tell you this, man. That, that boy Michael Penix Jr. can sling that rock. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah he can. Yeah, he's one to know against Michigan, too. He's he's a fun college player, man, and I think that he might do some good stuff at the next level. I was watching it, and I was like, what is the hype behind this kid? And that's me because I'm subdued to the fact that I didn't really watch a lot of college football. I hear a lot of good names and stuff, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. The Bengals are playing football, so yeah. that's where my attention was focused on throughout all of the football season. But I said this yesterday when we were recording our uh, Roaring Reaction and when we talked a little bit about these games. And I felt like Washington and Texas, that game gave me flashbacks of the 2006 Rose Bowl with Vince Young and Matt Leiner. Only this time it's Quinn Ewers and Michael Pennis Jr. But Michael Pennis Jr. gave me flashes of what Vince Young was in college. And Quinn Ewers was more like the Matt Liner comparison comp. You know, obviously they still go pro and figure out how those things. But Michael Penn Jr., he just looked like a man amongst boys, you know, in that game. You know, obviously he got some nice weapons, you know, but I just felt like that Michael Penn Jr., yeah, I see what the hype was that everybody was talking about. And when it comes to Michigan and Alabama, Look, man, you got to give it to Michigan, man. They overcame the gauntlet that was Alabama. You know, we're, we're so used to them just going one and done the last few years that they've had the playoff spot. But they actually they put it together and they did it. And what a great win for, you know, I almost forget his name, Jim Harbaugh. I want to call him yeah. John Harbaugh so bad. But <laughs> this is a great win for that program. And quite frankly, they should obviously be the odds on favor to win it all. 
You know, they got rid of the tough big bully in Alabama. So it was a it was a great college football weekend for the playoffs. Yeah, even if you're like just, uh, as a football fan, I'd be watching these games no matter who's in it. You know what I mean? And and I also I always have kind of a an introspective look at it of these guys are gonna be coming out of the draft, right? Like who might fit in with our team and yada yada yada. Um so there, there's there's always some of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, our boy Romeo Washington, if we let T walk, that's my guy. That's who I want. Um, yeah, yeah, he's not. I'd rather sign T, but, you know. Yeah. Facts. It, but you got to have a backup plan, right? And uh, and I don't know. I think Mikey Sanders still um, our, uh, our our nickel corner in Michi- at Michigan would be a, a, kind of a, a Mike Hilton um, lookalike almost if he came in, so. Yeah. Hey, that's enough on college football, man. We got to talk some pro football. Let's get into it. Welcome, Bengals fans. You have reached us, and we are running through the jungle. Uh, you might have heard a substitute teacher's voice in there uh, in the cold open. Our boy Tim Lyons has taken uh, – he's had a lot going on. He had his anniversary. He uh, has his, taken his big boned uh, bulldog named Tulip to the vet, so he was unable to join us today. So we got our man Chase Younce in the building. Uh, with us and we got justin lacy as usual fellas how's it going chase thanks for joining us how you been man man i've I've been pretty good you know just keeping along and ready for a second semester to start back up at uc but it's gonna be weird going back down to cincinnati with no Bengals playoffs but hey we're living and we're going forward yeah true that true sure justin how you been Man, I'm doing all right. It is a little bit of depressing that we haven't clinched the playoff spot and we're officially eliminated. But you know what? There's silver lining with all of this. You know, we just got to think a little bit of a glass half full approach. But yeah, no, nah, Chase, man, it's always great to have you on, man. It's you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a minute. I know you're doing some good stuff over at Cut to the Chase. So just happy to have you back on Run Through the Jungle, man. We missed you, of course. I appreciate you all. Love to you. Yeah, good shot, good shot there. Um, hey. It, you know, last year they came, you know, the Browns came to us at the, la- at the end of the season and got a meaningless win. And uh, now the tables are turned and we uh, have the Cleveland Browns coming in for the season finale, uh, coming into Paycor Stadium. And the Bengals are favored by seven points because the Browns have nothing to play for. Probably going to be setting a lot of people. Um, the, you know, there were some, uh, Zach Taylor did say that the, the fans deserve a good showing and, and, um, you know, win on the final game of the season. We, we've talked about like is nine and eight going at above 500. The, uh, the old Tomlinism 
17 straight winning seasons, no matter if you make noise in the playoffs or not. Um, is that a big deal to you, Justin? I, I like, do you, or how much, how much emphasis on this game or, or emotional, uh, input are you going to have in this game as far as how bad do you want to see him go nine and eight? Oh, it's not more or less about the record. It's about finishing strong. And I know that that's like cliche saying, because when you think back during those Marvin Lewis days, when they were out of the playoffs for like two games in a row, like two games leading to the end of the season. And, you know, Marvin Lewis strung together some nice wins. Those are like fool's gold efforts to make you think that we're going to go into a positive direction going into the following year. And it ended up being even worse. This one's not this way. This team banded together through a lot of adversity and I understand a lot of teams went through a lot of stuff, too. It's just about like, dude, you haven't won a game in the AFC North all season long. If you're going to do it, this is the team to do it against. You know, stop this slide. Two years ago, the Browns did the same thing. As you mentioned, they got a meaningless win against us after we had beat the Chiefs to clinch the division. And we knew we was going to the playoffs. They weren't going to the playoffs. So they ended up playing a bulk of their starters and got a meaningless win when we had Brandon Allen starting at quarterback. And I just feel like that you just got to you just got to put the best tape on film for a lot of these guys. That's number one. Number two is you don't want to set this losing culture that like, oh, we're out of it. We didn't got nothing to play for. So we don't care. We're just going to, you know, take plays off. Or we're going to, you know, mail make it business in decisions, mm -hmm. yeah, mail it in, making business decisions. I don't like that kind of mentality. We've we've moved past that. I get it. There are times and places when you have to do some time, stuff like that, especially playing pro football. But we're trying to build a winning culture here. And quite frankly, next year still matters going into this offseason that if you're going to – the way how you perform and how you show up is going to dictate if other guys want to come play in Cincinnati too. It ain't like Cincinnati is the most popular place to play at when you think of geographic location. So you got to show them that you can win and ball out anywhere, no matter what the circumstance or situation. So, yes. And also, I would like to see a winning record for the third consecutive year in a row. If we lose this game, that means that it's an officially a losing season. And I'm I, that doesn't really sit that doesn't really sit well with me. So I want to go out there and I want to win. I want to dominate. I want my guys out there showing that, man, I don't care if it's a Cleveland Browns practice squad, well, Walmart workers out there. I'm going to whoop their ass. And that's how I feel. Yeah, I uh, I. I don't disagree with you. And and listen, when you say, you know, making business decisions and things of that nature, the easiest way to get hurt in this game is not going full out because somebody across from you probably is. And if you don't, you're going to get hurt. Uh, right. Chase, how emotionally invested are you going to be in this game and in in, in getting that nine and eight mark? I'm not necessarily emotionally invested. I've used all my emotions this past week against the Chiefs, but I will keep in check that – you know, this is the Cleveland Browns across, you know, across the field from us. This is the in-state rival, a team that has had our number the last few years ever since the Bengals have, you know, ever since really the time Baker Mayfield got drafted, they've had our number. And regardless of who's going out there and playing quarterback, it's Jeff Driscoll, believe it or not, who was a former Bengal. Again, that's the, the thought. But the point of this is that I want to go out there and beat the Cleveland Browns, even if it says, oh, it's a meaningless win. Well, when you get the nine and eight, like Justin mentioned, and so the winning season, you're on a positive note ending the season. But two, I, you know, I, I'm tired of the Cleveland Browns. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired, yeah. I'm tired of that team up north. I'm not, not referencing Michigan in this regard, but tired of that team up north that, you know, that every time they play us and beat us, it seems to be their Super Bowl. 
Now they're going to actually go chase a Super Bowl right now. And again, I, I won't share my thoughts on how I feel about the Browns and everything like that. But with with Cincinnati, I mean, they got to try to finish strong on this. There's only been one day in my life where I rooted actively against the Bengals, and it was December 22nd of 2019 when the Dolphins playing the Bengals and the Bengals had the chance to clinch the number one pick with Joe Burrow, and it happened. Last time I checked, we're not looking for a quarterback or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, the Bengals. I, I'm I'm gonna root for them, obviously, to get to nine and eight. It's, it sounds dumb to not root for them. Uh, finish, you know, season strong. It'll be last place, but at nine and eight, I mean, there's a lot to build off of because you look at next year opponents and you're like, oh, we're playing fourth place teams. We were nine and eight. We went through a lot of adversity. We're getting our starting quarterback back. Um, and yeah, so I mean, again, it's a positive note to end the season on. And just to get back to the drawing board next year, because this is one of the biggest off seasons the Bengals have had in in many, many years. And mm-hmm. go into that on a high note. Yeah, most definitely. Um, there's a lot of things that we're going to be unpacking during the uh, the the off season uh, through the shows. You know, normally you, you you do some shows about your favorite Bengals and your favorite all time, and you're da 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 da. You try to fill some time during this off season. There's a lot to unpack here because there's going to be a lot of moving pieces, how they split up that pie. That's the analogy Duke Tobin would like to use, you know, um, how they're going to split up that pie, who's going to get paid, who's not going to get that pie, and uh, who they're going to be drafting, who they can look at in free agency, some of those things. Starting next week, we'll be putting a lot of that in um, as we go through, you know, playoffs and talking about other teams as well because, you know, face the facts – this is a Bengals first uh, podcast, but you have to pay attention to what other teams are doing, especially within a division if you want to compete. And my last thing on this game, nine and eight, I really like it. I want to get there. I'm a little bit more emotionally invested in that, uh, kind of like Justin is. But my caveat in this, I cannot go 0 and six in this division. Sucks. Is you just can't do it, man. Hell no, nah, you can't. Nope. So. At least get one dub when they're playing against some uh, mostly backups here for the Browns. So that's uh, that's a big that's a big sticking point for me. I can't. Oh, and six just has a bad taste to it. Terrible. So all that said, uh, Justin, we'll throw it over to you. Going into this game, you know what are your big things you're looking for? Um, you know we've talked about looking at the evaluation and and what players you want to keep an eye on and the fight you want to see and things of that nature. So um, what what things are you looking for in this game of the Bengals versus the Browns? So I'm going to start offense, okay? Number one, I need to see the leaders step up as leaders. We may see Tyler Boyd in his last time as a Bengal this upcoming Sunday. And, you know, I don't know what the situation is going to obviously take place when it comes to this offseason, but him – and Joe Mixon also as well, too. But more specifically, Tyler Boyd, people have been singing this swan song all season long, and this may actually be it. You got to let him go out there and kill it. I'm watching that and how the team rallies around him. We know Jamar is going to be here next year. If they make the right decisions when it comes to T. Higgins, most likely he's going to be here next year. But Tyler Boyd most likely is probably not. I don't feel good about losing Tyler Boyd next year, even though I know he struggled most of the season. But he's just always been big brother, man. Like, that's that's who he was always been since both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were drafted. So that's the number one thing that I'm going to be watching for is how do they rally around their guys. Number two, sticking with the offense. 
I need to see this O-line block and protect. We have been tweeting, circulating these tweets regarding Teddy Cares getting Walter Payton man of the year and keep pushing those votes. Well, a part of that is because we have basically celebrated his play on the field as being that stabilizing force on the O-line at center. We haven't had great center play in years past. We're not going to mention any names because we already know. But Teddy Karras has been one of the main leading guys, and I want to see the O-line jail around him to push it over the top. And I'm not saying that that's going to do it enough to get his votes. First of all, he's already first place, if I'm not mistaken, when the voting, uh, I guess, like as of yesterday. Hmm. So I, I feel like that Teddy Karras is another one that I want to see the team rally around for and establish the run game. You know, the best way to Mike, the best way to how you can sort of watch the O line and how they perform is if they commit to run blocking on certain run plays and they just don't allow them to get pushed back like they did these last couple of weeks. It was just ugly watching them on that final drive against Kansas City with five, it felt like eight sacks in a row, it felt like on one drive. That's disappointing, man. And that's demoralizing. This this is disgusting. So I need them to figure that out. On defense, I'm watching everybody, with the exception of Trey Hendrickson, of course, because another Pro Bowler, you know, is announced as of today. He made the Pro Bowl again. He's a tied for the league lead in sacks with T.J. White at 17, and I hope that he gets a few more under his belt this upcoming Sunday too and actually take the league lead in sacks. But, again, I want to see the defensive line respond because they haven't been responding outside of Trey Hendrickson all season long, it felt like. The secondary, I need them to communicate better. They just have to. Too many big explosive plays. And might I say this, you're going against Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, we've had him here. He's special, okay? Yeah, he has some little wiggle to his game as far as being somewhat mobile or whatnot. But come on, man. Like, he's not a great quarterback. There's a reason why we moved on from him being our third-string guy. So with that being said, you need to – limit the big plays explosiveness in the secondary. And I'm going to be watching for all of that, no matter who is out there. So those are my observations I'm going to look at when I'm watching this game, both offense and defense. And I just need to see this team show up and get a win. Yeah, I definitely like uh, some good takes there, Justin. Um, some things I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, Chase, uh, what do you have your eyes on for this matchup? What are you, uh, what are you going to be critiquing most here from the Bengals? Pretty much a lot of the things that Justin just said, he hit, you know, he hit it right on top, you know, and, you know, Tyler Boyd, big thing with him. I mean, potentially being his last game, most likely being his last game in a Bengals uniform. Uh, it's going to be emotional seeing some of these guys playing their last game. I mean, obviously, DJ Reader's not going to be out there because he's injured. And this, you know, would have been his last game. Maybe not if, you know, he would have been on the field. Maybe it determines a couple of games, but uh, no one to put that weight on him. But you got him, you know, Chidabe Wuzier. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate because you saw what he was in 2021. I think in a way, maybe us as fans might have overrated him a little bit. He was still a really good corner. All right. Really good corner for us in 2021. People forget how good of a season he was having in 2022 before he got injured against the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. The man went from being a, a very, you know, a very good corner, you know, maybe a little inconsistent here and there, but more consistent than not, to almost elite status, elite categories and everything. And it's hurt against the Cleveland Browns. And he just has not been the same this year. 
30 years old, contract year, torn ACL, playing corner. Speed was a huge part of this game. I just want to see Cheeto go out, you know, if this happens to be his last Bengals game, go out with a good game, couple pass deflections, a couple, you know, interception, uh, make a couple of big plays out in the secondary and help these guys out. But that that's just one thing I really want to see uh, from this unit. And then, like Justin said, talking about the offensive line, here's the big thing in the AFC North. What do these teams do a really good job of, especially when they play us? They own the line of scrimmage. The Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, they all run the football really well. They play action, uh, you know, play action us to death, to say the least. But then when, you know, looking on the flip side of the ball, they they really make us one-dimensional when it comes to throwing the football. You know, the run game's plugged up and everything. I just want to see, again, this Bengals offensive line, You just like Justin said, get nasty, get rough, and bitch somebody around for one game at least. Go forward, keep that same attitude like you're supposed to be glass eaters. Jonah Williams might be in his last game as a Bengal. We don't know. We don't know what his price tag is going to be. But if it's him next year, if it's someone else that's coming in, an offensive tackle, some get a glass eater in there. And I just want someone that's just going to maul people up front and just keep going forward. And it starts with the Cleveland Browns because, God almighty, I don't like that team at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm tired of losing yeah. to him. Uh, I'm sick sure. and tired of losing to him. Man, before oh, you say, but, but like to his Cheeto point, yes, a lot of people did forget 2022. He was damn near the best corner in the AFC North over Marlon Humphrey, over Denzel Ward, yeah. and over whoever the Steelers had at the time last year because they wasn't very good at corner either. Nice. But Button. Cheeto was that dude. Like, and we thought we were going to get a, a, a ambiance of that this year. And it just doesn't happen, man. It, it just goes cool to show you that injuries, they don't pan out the same once you come back and you're ready to play. The after effects can still linger on. So I, I just wanted to add at that Cheeto point because you're absolutely correct about him. Well, in, in a in a weird world here, to change of direction, we got the young cats over here getting nostalgic with me with these veteran players. All my stuff over here, other than Hendrickson, I want to see him get some sacks. I want to see him get on the board. <laughs> I want to see some of these young guys. Um, listen, defensive line, offensive line, we could sit here and talk about it. Um, will there be, a, a? I think, any opportunity uh, to take a hometown discount? Um, I, I don't think there's – I don't think there's a hometown discount to be had on our our offensive line to solve the problems let's put it that way i um, agree so i i don't feel like our offensive line or defensive interior line issues are going to be solved in-house i think those are going to be outside yeah well you know future dates we'll start talking about what's that mix look like as far as draft versus um finding uh veteran uh, free agents and whatnot um but right now, I'm not even in evaluation there. I want to see Yoshi. I want to see Chuck Sizzle. I want to see Chase Brown. I want to see what those guys look like getting more and more snaps. Um, tight end evaluation. I'm looking at, you know, three guys. Who do we bring back? If we bring back, blah, 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 blah. And where where, where you think Tanner Hudson, um, 
Wilcox, Sample, those guys. I don't think Irv Smith, there's any way in, in, in God's green earth that he's going to be back. Nah. <laughs> but those are the guys that I'm looking at, right? Yeah. Um, who who can and, – and it's it's tough. Like, uh, I was expecting after Joe Burrow went down to see more of Yoshi, um, Charlie Jones, and, and those guys, and we didn't. Especially last week, we saw almost none of those guys. Chase Brown didn't even get the ball last week for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and, and I really – I think that was a – I get it. You're fighting for a playoff berth and you probably, you know, wanted to lean on the guys, you know, and trust that have gotten you there before, but I, I want to see more out of them. Um, even if it's just this one game. So that's where I'm looking. I'm looking at the young guys and Trey Hendrickson, man, I'd like him to win that sack battle. I really, same, really would. same. Mm -hmm. And he might actually do it because, you know, Baltimore's O-line, again, it depends on how many guys that they end up resting. But, like, dude, Baltimore's O-line, regardless of injuries, bro, they, they haven't been getting sacks on them like that for real. So, I know Trey Henderson – I'm sorry, T.J. Watt is a different beast and an animal to deal with it all of himself. Yeah. But who's to say that he's going to play the full 60 minutes in that game either? I mean – they already well, missed a winning record. So. And listen, even when they go to Tyler Huntley, they accomplish their job. Tyler Huntley gets off the spot just as good as anybody. You know what I mean? Like he's not exactly. going to be a sitting duck back there. So nah. yeah. he's got his work cut out for him. So I, I'd like to see Trey get at least two in this game and and and, and give himself a shot at that at that mark. So did y'all did y'all hear what Mike Hilton said uh, in the locker room today earlier today regarding mm -hmm. Trey Hendrickson? Uh, no. Basically, he, he said that. They, I think the reporter, I'm not, I'm not sure which reporter asked him the question about why Trey Henderson is not getting the recognition across the league. And he basically saying the same things that what us fans have been saying. It's because he's here and where, where he's at. He's playing in Cincinnati. Oh, if he was yeah. playing anywhere outside of Cincinnati, they would have already recognized him as a defensive player of the year candidate. Daniel Hunter is a defensive player of the year candidate. And that Vikings defense, while well, they were good, but they get, they got, they started getting steamrolled after they played us oh, for real. And, and it, to mention that Justin, you know why that you know why that Vikings defense happens to be so good? They blitz all the freaking time. They're sending six guys compared exactly. to a five five man protection. So it's like, hey, if we don't know who the hell we're blocking, Daniel Hunter might be free. And I'm not taking away anything mm -hmm. from Daniel Hunter or anything like that. But what did he? What were his numbers against the Bengals? I'm trying to remember. Like I'm not like I'm not even I think trying to he be had like, two. I think he had two sacks, but was, it wasn't like true yeah. real yardage sack. Like he bull or somebody. Like you said, it was like yeah. one of those. It was a it was a missed assignment kind of ordeal. Trey Henderson yeah. is going against the left tackle every time he's in the ball game. Every yeah. time yeah. they don't move him around, they and don't he still and, get those numbers. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. It's like you know a lot of these guys like Watt and Miles Garrett. Michael Parsons, Nick, Bo they can move them around, and and that's one thing I've always thought. Mm -hmm. Like you know Henderson, they don't move them around enough or anything like that. But he's going up against the left tackle, which is normally the premier position on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And like you right. said, to get those numbers, 17 sacks, we've seen him literally put guys <laughs> into freaking student desk, sitting down, going around and sacking your quarterback. It's crazy. But it's just like, again, I, I agree. It's like he's here. And, you know, Daniel Hunter. Miles Garrett's a great player. Don't get me wrong. The sack numbers are a little lower and stuff. And he's on one of the best defenses in the National Football League. But those guys get the recognition. But we look Easily. at Trey Hendrickson. Dude's a second teamer, quote unquote, in these Pro Bowl games. I know the Pro Bowl games don't really matter. But when you're talking about if they're playing in a game, he would not even be starting. 
Yeah, and you know, interesting fact there about you talk about we don't move them around at all. Moving them around, when you see Garrett come inside or you see Watt come inside moving around, it may not always lead to sacks, but what it leads to a lot of times are more tip passes, yep. more uh, actual tackles um, of running backs and things like that. So it's presence. I think it I think it would help if we moved him around a little bit too. I don't know if that's a him thing or a scheme thing yeah. uh or a combo, but I would I would like to see what it looks like moving him around here Same. and there. I think it would catch too. him off guard yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. But uh, hey, if you're listening to us on Apple Pod, Google Pods, uh Spotify, uh please go hit that uh subscribe button, give us those five star reviews. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. Uh, every week we bring in a little bit more, a little bit more. We appreciate that. Keep building it up there for us so we can bring you some good stuff during the off season. We got some good stuff planned already. Um, we want to do some merch giveaways and some other things. So keep, keep pumping it for us. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, share us with a friend, and we will be right back after this quick moment to pay some bills. All right, welcome back, Bengals fans, to Run It Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with Justin Lacey and Chase Younce. Fellas, we've uh, we've covered the Bengals-Browns um, final, the, the season finale at Paycor Stadium. But now I'm going to turn the reins over here to one Mr. Justin Lacey for our second edition of Check raise or fold i like that's right dinner. We're, what what are we doing here we're, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you some teams here and uh he's gonna go around to us and and we're gonna figure out if we're gonna check raise or fold on their playoff chances and or noise they'll make in the playoffs justin go ahead take it away yes man i i, I had fun with this segment last time you know so first of all hey are you trying to mind playing a little bit of background music so that way we can kind of get us flowing a little bit? You're setting the mood, huh? Yeah, all we can right, set the mood right, here. Well, I like it. Well, you want, want something a little funky or what? Something that's probably not that one. How about the roaring reactions? The roaring reactions one is will be a great little little touch to this segment. Uh, he's trying yeah. to get in the zone now. I like it. I like it. You know, Rich Eisen does it all the time on his uh, Rich Eisen podcast. You know, when he does those overreaction Monday segments. We'll train line. Shoot. <laughs> you know, this truth be told, this is the only one we don't do it on. Huh? Look at that. Come that on. pay that pay dirt beat is hard. It might be a little I bit do, too I much do, for this one. Yeah, I do like that pay dirt beat. I, I've listened to that quite a bit. But this is another edition of the Check Ray Fold segment. For all your poker fans out there, we are going to give some teams about like if we're going to check to see where they're these are teams that we're not that we're talking about that haven't clinched playoff spots yet okay and i feel like we'll make that a little bit easier we'll each go around and then talk about the certain teams what we think about their hand will we check to see what we think about them our overall vibes and feelings instead of talking about playoff percentages and all that stuff that stuff can get mad complicating and confusing just talk about the vibes check if you believe you want to just like hold buy sell you're or hold. neutral you about hold. if you're neutral about yeah it, you, you, you got some feelings there but you don't know what to think you raise and for like you 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 want to buy stock in this team you all right i'm in and then you fold it's like all right i'm folding on this team so first up on the docket list 
This is a team that's been in some shambles here recently. Chase, I'll explain this to you. Don't do what I did last week and bet on the Raiders. It was a fail. Oh man, we had some we had some bad <laughs> Raiders. I raised no, on the Raiders and got kicked right on out the playoff picture. I did say fold on those teams, <laughs> but but I understood you made some compelling points with their culture. So, but the first team up on the docket list, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars again. It seems like this AFC South, nobody wants to win this. The Jaguars was in the driver's seat all season long until they played us. And then they went on a tire fire tailspin and losing four consecutive games before finally winning the game against the lowly Carolina Panthers. And I feel like Bryce Young got knocked out in that game. So they were able to pick up an easy dub from there. Check, raise, fold. Chase, I'm going to start with you. Where are your vibes with sitting with the Jacksonville Jaguars? I understand Trevor Lawrence didn't play this past game. And, I, you know, they were playing the Carolina Panthers. But a win's a win, and they needed a win desperately. So you're looking at the guys coming back to practice, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence. I'm raised because I think that all they have to do is beat the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans play tough. Don't get me wrong. They didn't play tough last week against the Texans, but they normally play tough. But I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have to go on the road and they're going to have to win a very, you know, gutsy performance to uh, to make the playoffs. And I think uh, the Jags are going to go on ahead and do that. I'm going to raise on them. It's a little risky, just to say the least, mm-hmm. because they already know that, you know, the Colts and Texans are playing on Saturday night. So they're already going to know, OK, one way or another, we got to win this game. And I think win, win, win is all they got on their mind. So I think I'm going to raise with the Jags. Okay. Brandon, where you at with this one? I'm going to raise on the Jags, and I'm going to tell you a different reason why. <laughs> they remembered their identity. Their identity, 155 yards rushing. ETN averaged 6.4 yards a carry for a buck 02 with two tutties. That's their identity. Lean on that run. They've got a pretty good defense. Lean on that run game. Control the ball. And, and I think the, they're going to be better off. Now, I... They may have gotten away from it a little bit with ETN because he got nicked up during the year, but he, but he's looking better now. He's got a little more explosion to him. And Christian Kirk coming back, uh, as Chase said, also a pretty good plus for him. So I I, I also am going to raise on the Jaguars here. Intellectual B-Dirt. I like it. I'm you never know. You never know, dude. <laughs> this is actually a two-parter. I could have just illustrated here. Um, I am going to raise on the Jacksonville Jaguars along with you guys on making a postseason, but I need to check on them winning the division. They only need one win and then they're done. The Texans, on the other hand, has to win and get a Jacksonville loss before they can clinch. If both teams were to win, Jacksonville is in, uh, is seals that division crown, I should say. And you know what? I don't, I feel like that their odds are way too high for them to not miss the playoffs. Um, so I'm going to raise them most likely making the playoffs. So I think we're all in agreement there. They have some good stuff going last week. We were a check, but not fold because just because other teams were raising the pot and raising the stakes. If you're the Jaguars, you got to still understand the division that you're in. It's not great overall. So you still have a chance to lock it all up still. And now I feel like they are in a really prime position to be in the playoffs no matter what. Whether it's a division win or a wild card spot at the 70, this is, I feel like I'm in with the Jaguars on raising the stakes with them. So I think we're all in agreement there. But here's a dicey team that shouldn't be dicey, but for some reason they're dicey. Okay. 
Right now, they're slotted in the sixth seed, and that's the Buffalo Bills. You know, last week, Tim, I mean, even in the Roar and Reaction show, Tim, Tim Lyons, for all our listeners that hear our show, he's not in with the Buffalo Bills. In fact, he said he's folding on them. Me, I'm the complete opposite. I'm actually not only that I'm che- not only I'm raising my bet, but I'm going all in on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are like the Bills are like pocket queens. Like you start your hand with pocket queens, and the flop came out last week, and you see a queen as a part of the flop. But you didn't raise right then and there because there's other cards in there, and another team may have a, a probably a, got the nuts draw to a straight or a, a flush, which would have beat a trip queens. After week 17 happened, and I know they didn't get the high flashy win against New England. New England's not a great team, but that was a team that also beat the Buffalo Bills earlier, too, by the way. And they got their lick back on this one. I feel like that a brick turn for other teams, and they still holding down Queen triplets. <laughs> they holding down three of a kind on Queens. Not a lot of hands can beat them right now with the rest of the teams that still need lock up playoff spots. So I'm all in on the Buffalo Bills, and I think that they can actually win that division. Brandon, I'm flipping it to you this time. Check raise forward on Buffalo. I'm going to check. Um, inconsistent play. Been up and down all year, all over the place. And um, the difference with the Jags and, and them, um, they're playing, although be it a banged up Dolphins team after getting physically dominated by the Ravens last week. Um but they're still playing a Dolphins team that has some – I mean, they can make you pay if you make some mistakes on defense. So, I'm not going to fold on them at all because they're a good team. They could make some noise. If they get in the playoffs, you don't want to play them because if they play their best game, they're really good. And if even if they lose this game, they still got a 64% chance, I think it is, or 5% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. So, I'm just going to check, though. I'm going to check. I – I don't know. I, I like them running the ball more. They've been doing that recently. Um, it, it cuts down on turnovers from Josh Allen. But uh, I'm still just going to check. Okay. Okay. I get it. And I understand. They're at home against Miami, man. And they already beat Miami earlier in the season. Miami's still struggling. And I feel like they got their teeth kicked in so bad against Baltimore. They lost Bradley Chubb now with the torn ACL. Again, I'm not writing Miami off of winning that division. But if Buffalo to win, they get the two seed for like what the third year, second year in a row. I feel like the Buffalo Bills always get the two seed <laughs> since they it's went to the seven seed playoff format. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. they've always been a two seed like these last oh, yeah. several years. But, but, but Chase, where you at with the Bills? Check, raise, or fold? Uh, I'm gonna check just from the standpoint that you know, again, the Bills. So the Bills are actually playing in Miami on Sunday night. It's gonna be interesting. But when I'm just. I don't know. Again, they're a bit inconsistent, but they've been playing really good football as of late. They've played some tight games. Don't get me wrong, but running the football, James Cook, uh, they're they're getting other things done, even without Stefan Diggs being a huge part of the game plan. But when the going gets tough and when you need big plays to be made, they're going to go to Stefan Diggs. They're going to find a way to get the ball to Stephon Diggs. Maybe not necessarily force him because Joe Brady is a good offensive coordinator. You can try to scheme him, scheme him open and everything, especially in the play action game. The defense has played really well as of late. They've done a good job in that regard. I, I, I again, I think there's a lot of not, there's less pressure on Miami considering the fact they've already clinched a playoff spot. But Miami's trying to clinch their first division title since 2008. Yeah. And they want to get a home playoff game as well. Oh, and maybe yeah. play one of those. Their split home and away is exactly. terrible. Exactly. 
Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's drastic. It's almost like it's almost like Dallas Cowboys in regard yeah. because they want to be in that comfort of South Florida and not have to go on the road and go to Kansas City first round and play in like Arctic temperature. They don't want that at all. I mean, they did it against the Bills last year. Don't get me wrong, and you know it was close, but. This is a very important game for Miami Dolphins. I, I'm just going to check, though. I think it's about 50-50 in this one. I know the, the Dolphins have lost a lot of pieces and stuff. Uh, really unfortunate losing some of their past rushers, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. But I'm going to check on the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going on that Ray side as well. There is a pathway that the Bills can still miss the playoffs entirely if they were to lose this game. Wow. That's insane. That's They have the highest ceiling to me and the lowest floor out of all these teams. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. They can go from being the sixth seed to out of the play, like the Bengals were a few weeks ago. We were the sixth seed after beating the Vikings to now yeah. all of a sudden we're out of the playoffs and eliminated. I, yeah. I just don't buy the theory that you're seeing a Josh Allen-led football team. Again, I'm not saying that Josh Allen is this. He's been playing great football at all this year, but he's still a top five quarterback. The defense has been playing great as of late, and if they sustain that level of play after losing the guys that they've lost, man, they can be one of those major teams on upset alert that yeah. can upset teams like the Baltimore Ravens in the postseason. I, yeah. They already, as of lately, they also been having the, um, I'm sorry, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs number. They've beaten them yeah. three out of the last four times. So mm-hmm. there's a chance there that uh, Buffalo can run the table. I said this last week, and I'm now, I, I was checking on them last week, but now I kind of am all in. So that's where I'm at with Buffalo, and I get it why you want to hold a little bit. But this next team, okay, they're sliding currently in the seventh seed. Personally, I haven't been sold on them all year long, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. I understand Minshew Mania was whatever and all this and that. They got a tough game against the Houston Texans going up. Look, I'm just going to go out there and say I, I'm folding. I don't, I don't want no parts of the Colts. They, they have a tough game. I like what they've done all season long with the pieces that they've dealt with. Gardner Minshew, he helped resurrect his, his image, I should say. But we already know Anthony Richardson is the future for that ball club anyways, and they got to get more weapons. Like, they don't have enough weapons. I'm sorry, they just don't. So I'm folding on this team. I don't think that they make the playoffs personally. Chase, I'm going to flip it back to you, where you are with the Colts. If I'm a roller coaster enthusiast, you see the ups and downs, the ups and downs. Let's go through them real quick. Week 13, they went up, beat the Titans in a very emotional game. Week 14, dropped back down against the Bengals and got killed. Week 15, up, beat the Steelers, handled them pretty well. Week 16, dropped back down, lost to the Falcons. Week 17, big win against the Raiders. They're up. So by the laws of theory and symmetry and anything else, I think they're going down, and I think I'm going to fold on the Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew, man, it, he's had a he's had a good season. I give him credit for stepping in and everything. I thought they should have started him from the jump to give Anthony Richardson a little bit of time and development and everything. But you've seen some of these teams want some want their young quarterbacks to get in and just throw them right in the fire and see how they handle it. You know, but Gardner Minshew's done a very good job over the course of this season. I, I, again, the inconsistency factor. I don't know how this is going to go against the Texans because the Texans front four have done a pretty good job of rushing the passer this season. Will Anderson, all those other guys, uh, secondary is young, but on you know they're they're pretty strong on the back end. And then I don't think you can keep up with C.J. Stroud in a duel indoors in a big game like this. So I'm going to fold on the Colts. I'm with you. I'm with you, Brandon. Are we doing a clean sweep? Uh, 100%. Folding on the coat, the Colts and um, the, coat. <laughs> the Colts, 
the the issue I have with these guys, right? And when you're looking at they're they're anytime teams are close in in talent wise, um, and, and I think the Texans and the Colts overall team talent is pretty close. You look directly at the at the quarterbacks, and I'm gonna bring some of my Ohio State. Uh, brother and back into the fold after talking about Michigan to start this thing off. CJ Stroud, offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Excuse me. Um, go ahead and get it to him. D'Amico Ryan, I think he's going to be coach of the year. I really like what they got going on in Houston. I think Houston's going to going to win this game against them. Um, Gardner Menchu, you know, he started off with a bang. He's had some flashy games here and there over the past four games. He's averaging 220 yards passing with one touchdown a game and a half an interception a game. That's not going to cut it to win this game. You got to keep up with C.J. Stroud. I don't see it happening. I don't think um, Jonathan Taylor's quite at peak form right now, yeah, even though he's he's you know come back and playing through some injuries and stuff. I don't see him pulling this game off. I like the Texans in it. Which is exactly a perfect segue to our next team, and it is the Houston Texans because I'm with you in whole agreement on Houston. I like what they've built. I, I, I just do, which is why I'm going to leave this one, and I'm just going to say, look, I'm all in on the Houston Texans making the playoffs, but I also am going to raise the stakes even more. Okay, I, I, I said this backwards. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm going to raise the Houston my stakes on the Houston Texans and I'm going to go all in on a more riskier bet that they're going to win the AFC South. That's oh. where I'm at with the Houston Texans. Right. I think they get it over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just feel like Jaguars have been inconsistent. They're 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 look they're staring the Jags are staring right in the trap game phase phase. I'm sorry. They're staring right in the face of a trap game with the Tennessee Titans because Tennessee does remember losing to them in week 18 last year and they did a choke job themselves. I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to let that happen again, even though they're already well out of the house, but they, they want to win. Houston, on the other hand, they've they've been performing all year long pretty well. So if they if they <laughs> see the Jags lose, they're going to win that division by just getting a win against the Colts. And we all believe that. OK, Chase, I'm assuming that you will believe that that they're going to lose against the Colts. I'm sorry. They're going to win against the Colts. Yeah. I'm messing this all up. It's, it's all good. <laughs> But we, but y'all get what I'm saying. Like I, I'm just all in on the Houston Texans right now. Not only just making the playoffs, but I'm going to raise it and just to the stakes of they're going to win that division. I think that they're going to be winners of the AFC South. So that's where I'm at. So Brady, you already gave me your vibe. So we're going to go right into this little triangular flow that we have here. So Chase, I'm going to flip to you on your thoughts on the Texans. Check raise fold. Uh, the Texans, I'm, uh, I'm going to raise. Um, I think they're going to. I'm going to raise for this game. Um, you know, so in this regard, if I think the Jags are going to win the division, the Texans will get the seventh seed. I think there's a chance that they could give if if they play in Miami, if they're a seven seed, Miami's a two somehow. They could give Miami a run for their money with no pass rushers and CJ Stroud have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. They can give them a run for their money. If they're playing Buffalo, maybe a little bit different of a story. But, you know, with the you know, hot Josh Allen, hot Buffalo team. If the Texans in Justin's scenario were to win this division and they were the four seed, the Cleveland Browns are coming to town and the Texans remembered a couple weeks ago they got their ass kicked. But CJ Stroud's in the building now. Home playoff game. 
you know, D'Amico Ryans and those guys are going to have a game plan ready. I don't know. I think I, whichever way it goes, if they happen to play the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns are going to be a tough out. They're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs. They can go on the, at home and on the road and everything. But I like the Texans to potentially win a playoff game at home or even on the road, depending on who they play on the road. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Brandon, I wanted you to round it out, obviously, officially, before check raise a fold on Houston Texans, before we move on to this last team, I should say. Raise. I'm, uh, I, I'm I think they about. win pretty easy. And, and uh, yeah, tough out. Tough out in the, in the playoffs. Not the team I want to face, for sure. I think Chase hit the nail on the head. The Texans are like that team, like I've mentioned with the Bills. They have pocket queens, and then they're sitting there with trip queens. I feel like the Houston Texans are that team that has pocket – I won't say pocket, nothing. I think that they're sitting with a, with a flush draw in their hand to beat anybody that has trips. So the Texans are the team I do not want to see in the playoffs if you're also one of these teams in the AFC that's clinched the division and all that stuff, or clinched the playoff spot, I should say. Yeah, you, you better watch out for Houston, man. Even though C.J. Stroud is a rookie, he's going to learn the gauntlet of what it means to go through the NFL playoffs eventually if they get there, which we all believe that they will. But I, I just, I'm just, I'm just feeling like that this is a team that will, the magic will flow the right direction for them. So our final team in the, on the bubble, it's our dreaded, hated rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, look. I did not think that they were going to get over 500 this year. I feel like everybody and their mama thought that they were going to have their first losing season. Pissed they just look bad. Pissed it me makes off. me – it's just – and this makes you – as a Bengal fan, it just makes you mad even more that you lost to this team twice, and that never should have happened. So they had a nice win against Seattle, and they were at Seattle. They had to travel out west for that game. So, you know, tip the cap to them for that. But I'm still folding on this team on making it the playoffs. I just don't buy into them. Even though I know that they're playing the Ravens team on the road and Baltimore most likely going to rest their starters. But even when Baltimore rested their starters, I still think Baltimore is a better team than Pittsburgh regardless. And I just don't think that Pittsburgh will have enough edge to get the tiebreakers to fall their way and wishing that everybody else are going to lose throughout the rest of the week. So I'm folding on Pittsburgh. B-Dirt, what about you? Yeah, the Steelers are favored by four in this game. Um, with, uh, you know, they've announced Lamar Jackson's not going to start. Now, the the interesting thing about this, if you look at the depth chart, because this is one of those things, it's almost like one of those uh, CF, or not CFP, but college football uh, bowl games where you got to see who's in the transfer portal and who's opting out and who's not playing and blah, blah, blah. So you start digging into it, and there's a lot of questions um, on backups on the Ravens' defensive side. The... The, the starters are pretty much healthy except for Hamilton. Hamilton's battled a, a sprained MCL uh, for the past like three, four weeks. He'll definitely rest. But I think some of those other starters are going to get some work to let some of the other guys that are questionable backups to rest that are, that are rotation guys. And also, like, I get Mason Rudolph uh, has started off pretty hot for the, the, the Steelers and, and has kind of changed – what they look like on offense around, but um, Tyler Huntley made a pro bowl once, you know what I mean? Like I, it's not <laughs> like you're bringing somebody in that you got to change the entire offense for, or that's an absolute scrub. You know, he's a, he's a fairly competent quarterback. 
And this Ravens team holds the record for most consecutive uh, preseason games won. So go try and tell them that, that a game doesn't matter. I think they're going to come out and play. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. I, I do think they'll keep it close. So for that reason, and and, and needing some other pieces to fall in correctly, um, one of those, you know, that they've lost to the the Steelers have also lost to the Colts. They've also lost to the the Texans. The Texans. So if the Jags Jaguars. win, yeah. yeah, if the Jags, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that got to happen for them. Um, they have a lower percentage, and I just. I don't. I don't trust them. So I'm. I'm going to. Uh, I'm not going to fold. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to check. I'm going to check. But if someone reaches for chips, I'm going to fold. I'm not even going to mess with it. You can bluff me all you want to. I don't care. I'm going to fold immediately. But that's where I'm at with them. I get that, Chase. Are you feel the same way, or are you folding immediately? I'm going to raise on their chances of winning a 17-13 ball game. Then I'm going to go on ahead and check and see what the playoff chances are. And then I'm going to fold on this team. Fuck the Steelers. I said I said 17-14 in, uh, in Pater. That's that, wow. Man, that it's would be so good. Pittsburgh. Get it a really weird would, sweep though. against the Ravens. They that would, just, that would be so Pittsburgh. And then they're sitting with 10 wins. And you what know? would they so, finish at in the division if that happens? Five and third. one. Five and one in the Good AFC North, and this team has just been ugly all season long, like they were in yeah. 2021 and in 2022. So, nah, personally, I'm just going to fold, and I'm not even going to give it another look. I already know that this mm. team should not be in a postseason, respectively, nah, nah. respectively. So, but that does end the trivial version of check race fold when it comes to teams that have not made it. Now, I want to hear you guys give your playoff seeding predictions of how you think all of this is going to fold out because it's all going to be finalized at the end of week 18. Yeah. I'll start with my predictions. One, two, three, and four. There's going to be some surprises here, and I think I've already hinted to some of these during the check race fold. Ravens already clinched the number one seed. There's no surprise there. We know. But the number two seed, I am going to, I, I, like I said, I, I went on in with the Bills. I think that the Bills get still that number two seed away from the Dolphins. I just do. I don't, I just feel like that they're getting hot at the right time. And it's going to set a really great matchup for them. And if, even a, like they can have the chance to have everything that they've always wanted when it came to talking about setting the stage for them to play the Chiefs this time in Buffalo. It can literally happen if they were to win on Sunday. Yeah. So I think that they do do it. And, the Chiefs gets the number three seed. Texans round out my top seeding as I mean, I'm sorry, as my top four seeds at the number four seed. And then now we already know the Browns already clinched the fifth seed. And that puts the Dolphins and Jags as your respective sixth and seventh seed. So it's going to create some nice little dicey matchups. The Jags and the Bills. You're going to see a rematch in London that the Bills lost. They get to get their next crack at the Jags, according to my playoff calculated prediction. The Dolphins go on the road at Kansas City. That would be a nice little rematch from a regular season. If I think they played in Mexico, and the Browns would host the Houston Texans on the road, so that's that would be the first initial round matchup. This has a chance to set up two really nice battles on the divisional round. If the Browns were to beat the Texans, and then they're now setting up themselves for round three against the Ravens, and then like I said, the Chiefs go to Buffalo in the second round. So. Yeah. But those are my predictions that I have about how I think to how this is all going to shake out. So 
I need to hear you guys' predictions before we wrap it up and get it on out of here. I'll start with you, Chase. Where are you predicting the seeds, the top, the seven seeds? So we got Baltimore as the one. Um, I do think Buffalo will go on the road and win on Sunday night. They'll be the two seed. The Chiefs will be the three seed. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars being the four seed. I think they'll win again. Uh, I got a Jags-Browns rematch. Uh, keep in mind, the Browns are a very good team, and I think the Browns, I would lean toward the Browns in this one, in this game, as much as it pains me to say, but I'm not going to be a hater on the service. But when you're looking at it, though, this Jacksonville Jaguars team had Trevor Lawrence coming off a sprained ankle, a really bad sprain, to say the least, high ankle sprain. It's less than a week later, less than a week later, he goes into Cleveland. They lose 31 to 27 against that team. I think Doug Peterson's going to have a different plan for this football game. And I think it'll again be a pretty close game if they can limit the turnovers. Trevor Lawrence threw three picks against the Browns, three of them. And they still stayed alive and only lost by four on the road in December. Just saying, keep an eye on that one. But I think Cleveland would, you know, I would lean toward Cleveland in that game. Chiefs Dolphins agreed on that one. Man, Tyree kills first game back and Kansas City would be in a playoff game. What more could you ask? I couldn't be awesome. Normally I predict like what channel, what day, time these games are gonna be. I would do that with the Bengals, but it's just weird looking at this without them. But again, I I won't get down that road. And then I got Buffalo and Houston. Um CJ Stroud going in the cold to take on the Buffalo Bills. Hey, that's probably going to be the the first playoff game of six on Super Wildcard Weekend. 430 game. Why not? It's going to be nice. <laughs> All right, B-Dirt, you got, you got some predictions for me? Where are you leaning I, on the seats? I do, and I actually don't agree with everything here. So this is a little controversial. Look out. I love it. All right. All I right. got I Ravens it. one. I got Dolphins staying at two. I think the okay. Bills lay an egg. Um, I got the Chiefs at three. I got the Jags holding on to four. I got the Browns staying at five. So that means six and seven would be the Texans and the Bills. Texans and Bills? Okay. All right. Um, So I don't know how exactly – I don't know which one would be six and which one would be seven. I'd have to look into divisional and uh, AFC records, but – that's where we're at. I'm sure we'll talk next week about who we think is going to win what matchups, but oh, yeah. I will say this. Chase, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Browns might be bounced in, in week one of the playoffs. See, and I don't want to like yeah. put put my, you know, obviously I money where my mouth is and stuff, but the thing is, man, the Browns are a good team, but and again, Joe Flacco has gone on one of these January Joe Flacco runs, you know, in 2012, 2013. Again, Doug Peterson and the Jaguars, man, again, I agree, Brandon. They might have something dialed up for him. And if they don't turn the football over and they're efficient on offense and they get back to their identity, like you mentioned earlier, running the football efficiently, screen game, all this other stuff, it'll be a good game. Yeah, last week, Justin, instead of doing the, the rankings here, did check, raise, or fold on making noise in the playoffs. I immediately folded on the Browns. House of cards. I don't trust Joe Flacco. Get out of here. And you know what? I will say this, too, about Jacksonville and Buffalo, and mainly Jacksonville, because we, we kind of can predict that if Jacksonville wins the division, the Browns are going to be the team they're going to be. Playoff experience matters. 
And Jacksonville has it based off of last year with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. But so did the Browns. You know, Kevin Stefanski won a playoff game in 2020. So, and it was against a division foe. You know, give or take of how all those happen. But if we're talking playoff experience, I do tend to lean Jacksonville in that because of a recency bias of last year. But yeah. it's all, all together, you know, the shakeout of the AFC should work out in a way that we all think we all kind of have a grasp and the feeling like all the teams that we mentioned that we're betting on that we're raising on that we're checking on that we're going all in on they all should be in the playoffs i think the only two teams that we are folding on out of the playoffs is the colts and the steelers yeah and i just think that that's it and everybody else is just going to just officially be in so wherever how the season goes is how it goes man but week 18 should be an exciting week you know, I can't wait to see how the rest of the playoffs full fully unloads once this seeding is finalized. So I'm in for, I'm here for it. Even if our Bengals are not here, the Bengals mm-hmm. didn't play their way into the playoffs. They didn't earn it by the way that they played. And quite frankly, I'm not going to be upset about it. I know that we'll talk about it all of all offseason of what changes and what things they need to do. We'll be at we'll be back at it next year. And I believe that we'll be running the table next year at some point. So yeah. All right. Well, we have already hit our one hour mark, gentlemen. Uh, we try to keep it to that. So we're going to go quick through these offensive, defensive game ball predictions and score predictions in the Bengals-Browns game. Uh, Justin, I'm going to throw it right back to you. Offensive game ball, defensive game ball, score prediction, what you got? Offensive game ball is Tyler Boyd. Defensive game ball, Jermaine Pratt rebounds, finally. And in the score prediction, I'm going to go 27-14 Bengals win, convincingly. All right, that was that was quick. I liked it, Chase. To the point. Yeah, I had. I, it took me longer to to write it so I could get back to you. But Chase, <laughs> go ahead. Give me your offensive game ball prediction, defensive game ball prediction, and your score prediction. I'll pick a different one. I like the Tyler Boyd pick 100%, but I think Joe Mixon's going to get it. I think Joe Mixon's going to have his first 100-yard rushing day of the season and eclipse 1,000 yards. I think it's been a big thing for him uh, this year to get back and have a rebound. I think this is how he's going to finish it out. And then defensively, Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson knows, hey, I got I could win the sack thing. You know, he could see what T.J. Watt did the day before. If T.J. Watt doesn't have any sacks or a sack, like, hey, I got to get two sacks. I could win this whole thing. So, you know, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder there. So I'm going to go – uh, you know, Joe Mixon on offense, Trey Henderson on defense. I think the Bengals are going to win this football game uh, 21 to 10. All right. I um, I think we're going to see, and and I, I do think we're going to get some rushing yards from this. I think we want to see some younger guys. But I also think Chase Brown's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, have an electric play. We need a big explosive play here, and I think he can get one. I got him for 125 total yards and a Ooh. touchdown is my offensive game ball. Defensive game ball, Hendrickson, two sacks, and I say it all the time every time I pick him, and a forced fumble. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that dude swatting that hey, ball, man. but it's just what he does. Um I should have picked Trey Hendrickson too. I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna try and pile on and get him that sack. Um good good call, good shout out on Mixon, though. I could see him trying to pile it up and get him a thousand thousand. Hey, I wouldn't mind well. Chase Brown trying to cut to the chase, but hey, there you go. Whatever. There you go. There you go. And uh, score prediction for me, I was very close to Justin's. I got 27-13 Bengals win, keeping them above 500. So there we go. That's uh-huh. uh, that's that's gonna bring this uh, this running through the ju- running through the jungle to a close. Uh, we did miss Tim. Hope Tulip is okay, my man. But uh, Chase, thank you so much for for filling in for him. 
great to uh, chat it up with you again and uh, talk football, man. Love it. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Any single time, anytime. All right. Well, fellas, make sure you like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff. If you're listening to us, tell a friend to tell a friend and come back and check us out as we are running through the jungle. Thank <laughs> you.